Hello, and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School from Los Angeles, California. I'm your host, Michael Benner, a program brought to you weekly about personal and spiritual development, about mysticism and metaphysics, mindfulness and meditation. And our program this week is about relationships, in particular about people that have the ability to drive us crazy. (laughs) What do you do when somebody drives you crazy, when they push your hot buttons, when they yank your chain, when they get under your skin and drive you crazy? That's what we're going to talk about. And interestingly, it's less about tools and techniques than it is about attitude. If you listen to this program, I think you're going to find, even if you only get the podcast, which is the first 20 minutes of the full premium training, I think you're going to find some value in it, especially the next time somebody starts poking those hot buttons and running you around the block. But for those who stay for the full premium edition, which runs about 90 minutes in most cases and includes a program from our archives. About half of what we do here every week is from an archive at our sister site, FocusedPassion.com, featuring programs that include my business partner of three and a half decades, Steve Snyder. And we have conversation about the topic. And so we'll be talking about this very topic during the second half of the premium training What about people who drive you crazy, especially greedy people, lazy people, and slothful people? Not that that's the end of it. There's lots of reasons for feeling awkward and angry and frustrated, irritated, or upset by other people. But again, I think you'll find some real practical value, even in the podcast, but particularly in the longer program. So if you're not yet enrolled for the premium audio, you can get it by subscribing at our primary website, theagelesswisdom.com. After the W's, it's .theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars, podcasts, and premium training, and you'll be able to Sign up with your ATM card, your bank card, you know, credit or debit in about 60 seconds. Then watch your email because in the next 36 hours, you're going to receive a personal email with a link to the cloud where that program is resting, awaiting your arrival. And you can play a stream. We recommend however you look to the arrow in the upper right on that page to download the MP3 right onto your computer. You're purchasing it, you own it, download it to your computer. They may only be posted for 8 or 10 weeks, so that's something you're going to want to do. Bring it on your computer, then manage it like any other MP3, like a song, basically, a really long one. And you can make a playlist. You can then put all these programs on your iPod or your smartphone or your tablet, Uh, keep them on your desktop or laptop, whatever you want to do with them. 
The deepest discount is a full year subscription. You get a nice discount if you subscribe for a 13-week quarter, but you can just buy an individual program and enjoy it that way as well. $6.95 if you buy a single program, and when you subscribe for a full year, it's just a little over 3 bucks. Obviously a really good deal. Okay, These programs normally go... each at a place like Audible Books or Sounds True. So take advantage of the special pricing that we offer you every week here at the Mystery School. Again, our topic for this week is what to do when people drive you crazy. And if I were to answer that question in a single word, I would say own your feelings. Take ownership of the emotions that they bring up out of you. Let's talk a little bit about what we mean by that. Most of us play victim to our feelings. We use phrases like, he made me angry, or they upset me, or he really irritates me. Uh, There's something about this guy that really, again, pushes my buttons or yanks my chain or drives me crazy, gets under my skin. All of these phrases obviously put us at the effect end of something that is done to us and therefore seems to be beyond our control. Well, you know, the general rule in life is if you cannot, and whenever you cannot control something because it's already happened to you, something done by another person, and Obviously, there are limits to our ability to manage or persuade other people. Often, what we try to control has already happened, as I say. So controlling the stimulus in the world is like like trying to control the weather. You just really have to accept it and dress for it. But what we can control is our perception or our attitude and our response. And this is where the power lies. And we're much more likely to be able to do that when we understand that the response is really our responsibility. Take the word apart. Each of us has an ability to choose our response. Now, that is a challenge because people will say, well, I behave differently now than I used to. I changed my behavior And if pressed, they'll say, well, I guess the reason I changed my behavior was I changed my mind about that. I just think about it differently now. Or I remember this. I learned something. So I just now remember, and that allows me, as a result of changing my mind, to change the way I behave. But how often do we hear people say, I changed my feelings? Well, I made a choice and changed the way I feel about that. You see, that's much more rare because most of us are not aware that we have an ability to manage, to learn from, to take responsibility for emotional feelings, even if we accept that they are, in a sense, done to us. The feeling has a stimulus. If this person hadn't insulted you by what they said, if they hadn't hurt you, 
If they hadn't frightened you or irritated you by what they said, you would not obviously feel the way you feel. So, in a sense, there's truth to the fact that they stimulated the feeling. But here's the point, and this is real important. If you're a note taker, you may even want to write this down so you can reflect upon it in the next few days or weeks even. And that's that even though it may seem that the feeling has been done to us and that we are a victim of the stimulus, the quality of the emotional feeling that comes up reflects us. The feeling is a response for which we are response-able, you see. If I say the same hurtful, mean, nasty thing to ten people, I may upset all ten of them. Every single one of them will be upset, but in a different way and for different reasons. Because the insult, which may be equally demeaning, nevertheless causes each one of them to feel a little differently. It brings up different memories, reminding them perhaps of other experiences in their lives when they felt in a similar way. And yet each individual is going to respond uniquely. So the next part of this then after taking responsibility and seeing your emotions as indeed a response to something that's been done to you and more about you than the person or the group or the circumstance that caused or stimulated the feeling, is to ask yourself how that happened and why that's so. What does the feeling say about me? It takes a little bit of courage in the beginning, but Pretty soon, the anxiety that it may generate turns into excitement and a sense of adventure, and you can really get hooked on this whole process, and then radically reduce the amount of time it takes you to remember that, hey, wait a minute, he's making me feel angry, or she's making me feel hurt or jealous, or ow, that hurt, that's insulting. I wonder how they did that, and... What does this emotion say about me? It's my response. Again, they they poked me. It's as if they poked me with a long, bony finger, and, and ow, that hurts. But why does it hurt? Almost as if I had a pre-existing bruise. And if I had not had that bruise and they poked me, I'd feel poked, but it wouldn't hurt so much. So, yeah, they poked me, but why did it hurt? What's the nature of this pre-existing bruise or, if you wish, this hair trigger that I have on this particular emotional feeling? Why does it bother me so much? And notice also that the same insult from different people will cause you to feel differently, depending on who said it. The more you love someone the more vulnerable and sensitive you are to being hurt by them because through your love you give them access to your feelings on a deeper level. If it was somebody down the street who insulted you, someone you don't know very well or maybe you know them but have very little respect for them, it wouldn't uh, hurt you so badly. You would not feel quite as strongly 
about it. Or if it's a person from another town and you've never met them and you don't know them, it might not bother you at all. Then again, it might. I mean, there are some situations where even though we're playing victim and acting as if they did it to us, we have no idea who they are. So <laughs> it's like anybody could push your buttons or pull your trigger, that hair trigger, so to speak. I mean, traffic and road rage is a, a great example of that. You don't even know the guy, and yet he pulls up alongside you on the freeway and expresses anger through his facial expressions and maybe flashes you some obscene finger gesture and roars off, you know the feeling. We've all felt it, and you want to go after him. And then you find yourself wondering, well, what would I do if I caught him? Especially in the United States where so many people carry guns. So you, <laughs> you may want to think twice about who you chase in traffic. And besides, it's a bit like a dog chasing a car. The dog doesn't have the mental capacity. Being an animal, it's mostly emotional. It doesn't have the mental capacity to ask itself, well, wait a minute, what am I going to do if I catch the car? <laughs> right? It's just reacting reflexively. You may want to ask yourself the same question. You just react reflexively from that limbic brain, that lizard brain at the base of your skull, fight or flight, hijacking the neocortex, the higher brain functions, your logic, your reasoning, creative and abstract thinking is suddenly seized in the grip of survival. But survival's not the issue. The guy just flipped you off in traffic, and yet your body reacts as if you're in great danger. And so he roars off down the street, and then you go roaring off down the street. Occasionally this happens with women, but it's mostly a male phenomena. Testosterone and the warrior plays some role in all of this. But what are you going to do if you catch him, you see? That's how illogical and unreasonable this kind of reaction is. It just proves that it's obviously not thought out, that the mental nature of human beings plays little or no role in road rage or these types of highly emotional reactions. It's all reflexive, sort of like the doctor testing your reflexes by hitting your knee with that little pink rubber hammer, and you watch your knee swing out reflexively in response to being stimulated before you actually feel the sensation in your head where the brain is located. And not to get into sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems because I don't really understand it well enough to pretend I'm an expert, but essentially what happens is the nerve signal goes from the kneecap to the spine and then is reflected back to the kneecap. So the leg swings out in most cases before the signal, which then continues up the spine to the brain, is perceived in the cognitive areas of the brain. 
Well, that may be fine for saving your life if you're scared and jump out of the way before you've had an opportunity to decide what to do. But my point here in this program is primarily to reveal that the vast majority of what frightens us, scares us, upsets us and hurts us, irritates and frustrates us, is not dangerous at all. Danger is not a factor. All of our negative emotions are rooted in fear, and that fear is F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Fear is not about danger. Fear reflects what you do not understand, what you don't know about the world around you and what you more than likely, it's really at the core what you do not know about the world within you, about your behavior, about the thoughts that may have led to that behavior, or the emotional reaction that bypassed thinking altogether and created the behavior. So fear and all negative feelings that hurt, irritate, anger, frustrate, or upset you All negative, non-love feelings are rooted in fear and reflect something you don't know about the world, but at the core, at the center, about you. And so, though we call them negative feelings, they're really quite valuable. They play an important role, not only in our survival, but for those of us who learn to breathe and relax, to calm down and accept ownership or responsibility for our feelings, we can see so-called negative feelings as opportunities to better understand ourselves, to take some ownership. Well, I've used road rage as an example, but our topic is what do we do when people drive you crazy? And so the answer is the same. Use it to learn about yourself, to be really curious and to say, why does this bother me so much? Now, if I suggest, I'll frame it first in a positive way, that what you really admire and respect and love about other people is a reflection of you. In other words, how would you know that their behavior or their attitude, their demeanor or countenance merits your respect, your love, your admiration, unless it's really a reflection somehow, a recognition of know thyself, what you love about other people, what you love about yourself, what you admire in other people is what you admire about yourself. If that makes even a little sense to you, then you ought to be able to realize what Carl Jung meant when he said, everything that frustrates us or upsets us about other people can lead to a better understanding of yourself. It really upsets us because... We're sensitive to it, vulnerable to it, because ultimately it's about us. That's what's driving us crazy. And there's something to be learned, and the proof is in learning. Becoming 
contemplative, introspective, closing your eyes using meditation and mindfulness to reflect on the question, why does this guy's behavior hurt me, irritate me, frustrate me, drive me crazy? What is it about me, not them? Your natural tendency will be to fixate or obsess on understanding the other person. What I'm promoting and suggesting here is very counterintuitive. You need to consciously, deliberately, and purposefully turn that around and shine the light on you. What's this say about me that I'm particularly aware of that behavior or hurt by or stimulated by that negative behavior? Why does that bother me so much and what does it say about me? And then the proof's in the pudding. When you get the aha, that lid-lifting awareness, the light bulb pops on and you see, oh, my Lord, that's it. Well, that reminds me of when I was seven years old and this happened, and I never really got over it, though for the most part I forgot about it till just now. Well, no wonder that bothers me. I never did understand that incident. I never did really resolve that in my mind or in my heart. But now that I'm older, yeah, that makes sense. I can understand that. I realize, isn't that a great word? I realize what this feeling is telling me. And now you're free. And this other person's behavior may continue, but it doesn't bother you so much. I mean, this works with barking dogs and crying babies. That barking dog that's irritating you and you can't go to sleep, well, remember a dog that you loved. If you never owned a dog or never loved a dog, think that it's Lassie or Rin Tin Tin, and it's <laughs> it's going to save somebody. Think of it in the best possible light, and then say to yourself every time the dog barks, I'll go deeper and more relaxed and then you'll find yourself able to read without distraction or to fall asleep without distraction. The same thing, you're crying baby in a restaurant. Think of a baby you love. Think of when your own kids were little babies. They're crying in a restaurant or on an airplane would not have bothered you. So it's sympathy, it's empathy. And empathy requires that we understand ourselves. We're going to get into this now in the premium training as, as we continue, that most people do this understanding thing backwards. They judge others as if that's an effective way to learn something about self, even if it's only what I'm not. But it is backwards. That's why we have all these admonitions and psychology and spirituality and religion even judge not. People who live in glass houses should not throw stones and all of this. It's not that it's morally or ethically wrong to judge other people, though it may be. It's just that it's irrelevant. There's no value in it because you are not them. They are not you. You're both unique, genuine, authentic, 
individually unique, though alike in some ways, there's little to be learned about yourself from judging other people. Best, we employ the ancient wisdom, know thyself, and then empathize with other people. In other words, your ability to empathize, to understand other people is a function of your willingness to better understand yourself. And that does take courage. And that's where we're going to take this, along with the program from our archives at our sister site, as we continue with the premium training. So stay with us if you're a subscriber. If you're a podcast listener, you know you can pick this up if you haven't already from the iTunes Store, most other major podcast directories, and also streaming without a need to download anything right to your tablet or your smartphone via Stitcher Radio at stitcher.com, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, stitcher.com. Very cool little app that you can pick up for both the iOS, iPhone, and Android tablets and smartphones as well. And you can stitch together a playlist of various podcasts and radio stations all streaming on demand for you. But if you want to download the programs, get the automatic download, which is what a podcast is all about. And you use an aggregator like iTunes or several others that are available and then every week the podcast comes right onto your machine. No charge at all. No charge whatsoever. So, that's it for the podcast folks. Thanks a lot for being here. We'll talk to you next week. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. From Los Angeles, for the Mystery School, this is Michael Benner. So long.